I, I, I want to acknowledge um, that we're actually, I'm really excited, we're starting a series called Side Effects. And this Side Effects series is us taking a look at what happens to us when we confront some of life's hardest moments and what is the after effect of that. What is the side effect of things that we go through? And over the next few, several weeks, we'll be looking at things such as depression, anxiety, loss, church hurt, pain, all these things that show up as a result of life throwing things at us. Now, it's different from our series that we had a couple of months ago. Y'all remember we had the In My Feelings series. And that one really talked about how we felt. And there were moments where how we feel, right? How we feel is circumstantial. It ebbs and flows. It goes up and down. However, the side effects that we experience are different. Those are things that get ingrained, that go deep, 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 deep into our being, and we can't shake. We're going to be looking at that. But it's important that we understand a starting point today. Everything has a beginning, right? If you remember, I remember my first day of college, and I think I talked about this, that euphoric sense of, whoo, I'm not with my mom and my dad anymore. Like, this is my starting point. This is beautiful. That's the start of a journey. Even the end of a relationship is a starting point. The end of a relationship is a beginning of your singleness. And there are feelings and experiences and sometimes heavily weighted things that come on to you as a result of the beginning of your singleness because of the end of a relationship. Everything has a starting point. And as we look at side effects, even side effects have a starting point. If you've ever experienced some sort of heaviness like anxiety or depression or extreme worry or doubt or, or extreme mourning and grief, you know that there is a point where that thing began. You can go back in your mind and you can remember, you can analyze, this is when I felt this feeling. This is when I experienced this heaviness, this weight. This is when my journey started. In order for us to understand why side effects occur, why in life we have side effects, these things that come out of nowhere and sit heavily on our personhood, we have to go back to the starting point. And if you were with us as we were, uh, as we were reading the text, the starting point is Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, the, the first human beings, are the reason as to why we have these side effects in our lives. We have to start there before we can look at the rest of our humanity and experience. The title of today's message is called Side Effects the starting point. Side effects, the starting point. 
and it comes directly out of Genesis chapter 3, verse 6 through 19. We're going to jump right into it. Ready? The side effects that occur in our lives, most often than not, occur because of two reasons. Our own mistakes or the mistakes of other people. I want to define that word mistake here because we're going to break this down in just a little bit. The dictionary defines a mistake as an action or judgment that is misguided or wrong. You heard that? It's an action or judgment that is misguided or wrong. Let's take those two words, misguided or wrong. First and foremost, misguided, uh, misguided I mean wrong, excuse me, blatant, an offense, an error that bruises someone or is against a well-established concept or idea or ideal. That's wrong, right? So let, let's, let's define this. If the well-established concept or ideal in for driving is you maintain the speed limit. If you go over the speed limit, are you misguided or are you wrong? You are wrong. Because it's a blatant offense against an established concept or ideal. If I go up to, I don't know, if I go up to Lynn and I say something wrong to her, or I say, I say something disrespectful to her, right? And something clearly, like let's say I curse her out. I don't curse, but I curse her out. Is it appropriate for me to be cursing Lynn out? No. There is an objective understanding that what I am doing is wrong. I don't care where you come from. I don't care if you think cursing is okay. Societally, when you curse someone out, it is wrong. It's a well-established concept. Misguided. Let's walk through that. Ooh. Now, misguided is a little funky. How do we understand misguided? Landing poorly. A level of incongruence between intent and impact. So uh, in my field, in, in, in psychotherapy, one of the things that I, that I try for folks to understand is, right, we honor intent, but impact is paramount. You know what that means? That means if I go up to Tamar and I say, Tamar, like, you know, I wish, you're, you're, you're great and all. I just wish you were a little bit taller, right? If I say that to her. And her feelings are hurt by that, right? What I did, my intent was to give her a compliment, right? Or I wish you, or I was joking around maybe. Like, it wasn't that serious. Like, I wish that you, right? But if she's hurt by that, the impact of that is negative. Now, intent still matters, but what matters most is how it landed for Tamar. My comment was misguided. It was well-intended, but misguided. It harms or negatively impacts somebody or an entity even though we had good intentions. That's the definition of a mistake. It's important that you understand these distinctions as we carry on. Everybody on the same page, right? If you're at home, shake your head yes, okay? Let's keep walking. Side effects happen 
because of the sin already present in humanity or because of the mistakes made in human relationship. Okay, ready? Wrong. Let's go back to the Bible now. Something that is wrong is a... And that again, something that is wrong is a... It's a sin. Something that you do that is wrong is a sin. Something that you do, a mistake in human relationship, more often than not, we do sin against each other, but more often than not, a mistake in human relationship is usually caused by somebody being misguided. It's a misguided error. You may be asking yourself now, Lionel, okay, now you're talking about sin and that something that is wrong is sinful, and now sin is present in humanity. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Let's, let's understand how that plays out. Understand this. By no fault of your own, you did nothing to, to deserve this. But you were born with the heaviest disadvantage possible. Your ancestors, Adam and Eve, right? Those are the first human beings on earth, gave you the worst hand possible. If you've ever wondered what it would be like, well, let's look at this. Let's use this analogy. You ever thought about what it would be like for you to be born in a different situation, right? I often say to myself, you know, I wish I was born in Haiti and then immigrated to the United States. I wish that I was born outside of the country and had a different experience and then came to live in America. Like I thought, that, I always think that would have been so dope and I'm grateful that I was born in America, but as I grew older, I'm like, I wish that my childhood was in Haiti. I feel like my life would have been a little bit different, right? My Creole would have been better. My, my understanding of Haitian culture would have been deeper. Like, it would have been dope. What about you? You ever wish you were born into a family with a whole bunch of money? Like, you were born into wealth, so college was paid for, your first car paid off, your first apartment, your parents help you put a down payment, you don't have any bills, you don't have any outstanding debt, you're good, you're chilling, right? Or maybe you wish you were born into a family with incredible access to resources or people. Maybe your mom and your dad might have known this person and that person, and you might have been able to get a great job in a great company because of the relationships that your parents had or their ability to tap into things in their community to get you what you need. You ever think about being born into a different situation? You see, we think that because we think that because we recognize it's important for us to recognize that what we are born to often sets the course for our life. If you were if your parents are poor, you are born poor. If your parents are rich, you are born rich. If your parents are black, chances are outside of the scientific phenomenon, you are born black. If your parents are white, again, you are born white. If your parents are from the Caribbean, you have Caribbean descent. You inherit the circumstances of those who brought you into this world. When we look at Genesis chapter 2, we understand this. Ready? God gave a particular instruction to Adam and Eve. And basically he said, you can do whatever you want, but... Don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat from that tree, you're dead. You're going to experience death. And Eve is wandering in the garden, and 
she, 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 she encounters the serpent. Now the serpent tricks her and says in Genesis chapter 3, if you eat this, you are going to be like God. You're going to know everything. Everything that he knows, you're going to know. As a result, what does she do? She eats that fruit. She gives it to her husband, who also eats the fruit. And then, then in Genesis chapter 3, verse 7, it says something. Immediately, the two of them did see what was really going on. In that moment, they came to an understanding that they had just sinned against God. They recognized that even though what was promised to them sounded great and wonderful, they took a bite of the fruit. And at the moment they took a bite of the fruit, sin and death entered into their body. And we inherited that as a result. The side effect was the ultimate side effect. Some of life's worst elements and worst concepts, the worst things that could happen and make human experience, mankind's experience terrible, then enters into humanity at that moment. We see pain. We see strife. We see conflict. We see sweat. We see labor. Not only that, those things that are mentioned in Genesis chapter 3, but we understand that sickness Disease, suffering, loss, insecurity all enter in. You know what's my favorite, though, that I see? When we look at verse 9 and 10 of chapter 3, listen to what it says. It says, God called to the man and said, where are you? Listen to what he says in verse 10. He said, I heard you were in the garden and I was afraid. You hear that? I was afraid because I was naked and I hid. Do you all understand this? Fear enters into mankind. That's the first time we hear fear in the Bible. And it enters in as a result of the sin of Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve made a poor choice. A choice that opens up the door for negative aspects to jump in right through that door. And this is what I want to drive home to you as we walk through today. Listen to this. Side effects are often as a result of a wrong choice. Somewhere, some way, by someone. Most often than not, a side effect is a direct action or a direct result of the choices that you yourself or someone else makes, and it leads to a struggle of pain and, 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 and hardship in your life. Take a second and think. Think about your worst moments in your life, your worst moments. Moments that have left you in despair or pain or broiling with anxiety or anger or resentment or, or with sadness and depression. Think about that. What is the catalyst that led you to that moment? If you were paying attention over the last... A uh, few weeks, there was an interview that came out with uh, the artist T-Pain. Now, growing up, I loved, I loved T-Pain. I loved his music. His ability to use auto-tune, he really took auto-tune and made the auto-tune an instrument. And in fact, T-Pain 
is part of the reason why music sounds the way that it sounds now. These folks that are auto-tuning their voice and using auto-tune, T-Pain is responsible for that. Well, T-Pain was telling a story of uh, how he was on an airplane, and in that airplane, the stewardess comes up to him and says, the flight attendant comes and says, hey, Usher is in the back of the plane, and Usher would like to speak to you. So T-Pain, Usher and T-Pain are friends. So he goes to the back of the plane, and they start kicking it, and T-Pain says, he looks really concerned, and then he leans over, and he says, he says to me, hey, man, I got to tell you, Usher says to T-Pain, you know, you really messed up music. You messed up music for real singers. Now, growing, now, now imagine T-Pain looking up to Usher, because remember, Usher came up in the, came up in the early 90s to the mid-90s. T-Pain didn't show up till what, 03, 04, somewhere around there. So, so, of course, he knew who Usher was, and he looked up to him. And now one of the pioneers in R&B music says to you, you messed up music for everybody else, for the real singers. T-Pain says in his own words, that was the moment that sent him in to a four-year depression. Now, I don't know what, T what Usher's intent was when he said that to T-Pain. Maybe he was just trying to change T-Pain's attitude and perspective and tell him what he felt was the truth. But the way that it came out bruised T-Pain so much that it sent his entire, his entire personhood down a journey of sadness and depression for four years. Now, I want to point out, I'm not a fool. Sometimes nobody is responsible for the things that happen in our lives. Such a case, such as a case when we get struck with a health crisis or a natural disaster hits or there's a freak accident. It's hard to point at somebody and say, this is the reason why these things are in my life. These are why I'm experiencing side effects. But what I want to press to you is, however, that original sin, Adam and Eve's first mistake, the choice that they made to sin against God is the reason why we face some of life's toughest challenges, whether it's because of somebody else or whether it's just because that's how the cards have fallen. Let's take a look back at, 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 uh, at uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, and it says, God commanded the man, you can eat from, excuse me, chapter, chapter 2, you can eat from any tree in the garden except from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat from it. The moment that you eat from it, you're dead. You see, what happened was God gave Adam and Eve a choice. There was a choice involved in their decision. They had to choose one thing or the other, and God said, if you choose this one, there are negative consequences attached to it. There are negative things that are going to happen as a result. You see, I, I want to point out God's intent for you was never that you'd encounter or face hardship, pain, and suffering. His intent for you was never for you to experience those things in life. Now, you may be looking at me and you may say, 
Lionel, this doesn't make sense. So here's why I have an issue with this, Lionel. God made the tree of life, and he made the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So if God, and you also have taught me, Lionel, over the last few months that I've been in Radiate, that God is all-knowing, right? So if God is all-knowing, God planted the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in there at that place, knowing that Adam and Eve would take a bite out of that tree. Why is God playing such a foolish game? Why would he set, if I, I know a setup when I smell it. Lionel, this doesn't make sense to me. Why would God put them in such a predicament if he knew that that was what the result was going to be, not just for them, but for all of us? So, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was an outward symbol of the essence of free will that God had given inside humanity. You understand what I'm saying? God put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden so that way, as a, excuse me, as an outward sign of Adam and Eve's ability to choose. This is really important. Free will is very important when we understand why side effects happen. You see, love does not exist outside of free will. You understand, you, you understand what I'm saying here? If Adam and Eve... Adam and Eve were able to display their love for God through their choice. And unfortunately, they made the wrong choice. Free will is necessary in order for us to express love. If I can't choose to love you, then I'm a robot. And it's not real love. It's slavery. It's an obligation. I'm stuck. You've made me a puppet. You can pull your strings and do whatever you want with me. But if I choose to love you, I'm operating out of my free will, which means that the love is real. But free will that God has given us also can bring us down a path where we make the wrong choice. And if we aren't careful, free will sometimes comes at the expense of other if you don't have a handle on your identity, if you struggle with insecurity, if you fight your flesh and its desires, at some point you are going to act on those things because of your free will. Let's read James chapter 1, verse 13 and 16 really quickly. And I love the, new, the, the Living Bible translation. I don't usually read this translation, but I want to read it real quick. And remember, when someone wants to do wrong, it is never God who is tempting them. You hear this? Remember, remember, we said this already. God's intent for you was not for you to face challenge or hardship. For God never wants to go wrong and never tempts anyone to, else to do it. Temptation, listen, is the pull of man's own evil thoughts and desires. Evil thoughts lead to evil actions and afterwards to the, to the, pen, to the death penalty from God. So don't be misled, dear brothers. Y'all hear this? Look at that line. Look at that line of succession. God's intent was for you never to be tempted and for never for you to go wrong or for you to be misled. But because of Adam and Eve's sin, when sin enters into your flesh, 
your flesh has a way of impacting your thoughts and your mind and pushing you down the wrong path. And because you have free will, you can make choices to act on those fleshly desires, to act on that those evil thoughts. You impact other people. And as a result of that, that leads to death. And death not only means death for you, but it means impacting other people. So let me ask you a question. Have your actions caused side effects for you or for someone else? Has a choice, maybe sinful or misguided, led you down a path that you didn't want? Has the actions of someone else left you down, defeated, demoralized, depressed, dismantled, and out of repair? As we close, I want you to understand this. God is still there, even as you deal with life's side effects. Remember, a couple of minutes ago, we just talked about God being all-knowing. This means that God knew that Adam and Eve was going to eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You ever been in trouble at home when you were young and you know that you did something wrong? And you know that your parents are going to know that you did something wrong as soon as they got home. Right? When I was young and I got in trouble, my parents weren't the kind of parents to necessarily hide the fact that I was in trouble. They just came right out of it. Boom. And you can tell by the energy when they entered into the room. Oh, God, here we go. Oh, boy, I'm in trouble now. Like, I know I'm in trouble. And they didn't hide it. They, you come here. You get, get over here. And yet, let's take a look at God really quickly. Ready? God does two things. God shows up as he always did, even though he knew that Adam and Eve had sinned against him. In verse 8, it says, God came in the cool of the day, just as he always had to spend time with Adam and Eve. Now, Adam and Eve had already sinned. God knew they had already sinned. And yet, he came with the same energy to spend time with them. And after, in verse 21, after God calls them out and chastises them and says, you sinned against me, and because of the sin, now you got consequences because you wronged me. You, you, you did the wrong thing. You made the wrong choice. How could you do this? In verse 21, the Bible says, God gave Adam and Eve clothes to clothe and hide their nakedness. You see, even though they had committed the original sin, the worst act that would change the course of humanity, God still showed up, he was still there, and he still provided for them in the midst of their calamity. And it's crazy, as you read the rest of Genesis, Genesis chapter 4, 5, and 6, we see that even though mankind has fallen, first with Cain and with other people in the, and through those scriptures, God still shows up on their behalf, despite the fact that they've sinned and have caused pain for other people. 
So I want you to remember this as we walk through this series together. This has to be the foundational landmark, the foundational thought, and the premise that you remember as we venture through some difficult topics over the next several weeks. I need you to remember this. As you deal with life's side effects, God sees you. God cares for you. God loves you. God is near you. Psalm 34 verse 18 says, the Lord is close to those whose hearts are breaking. What that means is that if you've encountered some sort of situation in your life that has caused hardship, heartache, pain, side effects, God is still near you as you suffer and try to find out, Lord, how do I deal with this mess? How do I deal with the pain that people have caused me? How do I deal with the anxiety that I feel? How do I deal with the depression? How do I deal with the anger? How do I deal with the trauma? How do I deal with the grief? How do I deal with the loss? How do I deal with the hurt that the church has caused me? God is still near you as you venture through your side effects. No matter what it is, no matter if someone has put you here or you've put yourself here, no matter if you've made a mistake that has gotten you here or someone else has made a mistake or maybe it's just the way that life has happened, no matter what it is, no matter what you've experienced or experiencing, even if you've turned away from God, I want you to know today, God is near your broken As we go through this series, I want to encourage you to be open to this process. You may come to some realizations right now as we walk through this. Some things that you didn't know you were holding on to. Some things that were going on inside of you. Sometimes we have side effects and we don't even realize that we're going through that. We don't even realize that it's showing up. As we walk through this, God may bring to the surface things that you are experiencing that you didn't know. And you'll have to come face to face with them. I want to encourage you. To look at those things, confront those things, to a certain level, accept those things, and bring them before God. We're going to walk through different topics and, topics and, and elements, and we're going to provide steps and support for you to achieve some level of wholeness in your walk with God. All I ask is that you allow for God to speak to you, and if you shut off part of your hearts and your minds, to God in the past. Allow for them to be opened so you can walk on the path of being restored in him and no longer suffer those side effects.